Before we start out this episode, we want to go ahead and warn you guys uh, that we do have trigger warnings. So in this episode, we will be talking about sexual assault, emotional abuse, physical abuse, domestic abuse, attempted murder, child abuse, pedophilia, trauma, PTSD. And for anyone who feels a bit weird about periods or anything to do with gynecology, uh, that will be towards the end of the story. So fair warning on that. Um, And if you continue to keep listening, um, we would love to have you listen. Additionally, we will be uh, keeping our guest private, so you will not be able to find her on Instagram or anything like that just for safety reasons. Um, we will have her, you know, under under an alias, but if you feel so called to reach out to this person or if you feel inspired by her story, please reach out to Ashley and I individually. I know she said later in the episode that she's happy to talk to anyone if um, they are have gone through something similar so just go ahead reach out to us and we can get you connected with our amazing guest welcome back for episode 22 of gmta sam and i are sitting down today with our friend nicole for kind of a heavier episode and just as a disclaimer like sam and i literally know nothing about this episode this is the first episode we're kind of going in blind to um nicole went ahead and just you know laid out this um the script for herself that she wanted to kind of share with you guys and share with us and we always said that we would be raw and real on this podcast and while we have our fun episodes we do want to dive into you know deeper topics and stuff that might be uncomfortable sometimes um because we never know what you guys are going through um and again we never want to make you guys feel like you're alone and that was the whole base of starting this podcast in the first place i feel like at least one person out there is gonna be either going through it now or went through it in the past like at least one person will relate to one part of my story and I'm just here to at least talk about it and just let everyone know out there who's going through it that they're not alone they're not yeah and thank you for being here because I know that a lot of this is like probably really difficult to share and probably getting really vulnerable and everything yeah. um, I will so say thank um yeah thank uh, thank you for having me I'm, I'm yeah. glad that I'm able to do this because um, my my mom and I and my sister all try to do like a, a memoir for this but um we just didn't know how many people would read it <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I just thought like at least put my story out there and just let it all go because I know when I was uh writing the script for this this was it, it took a lot of like of my emotion into it and just I I had I had to take breaks at times just to get it all down yeah so well we appreciate you being here today and again like we hope that this reaches at least one person mm-hmm. if not more if you want to go ahead and take it away Sam and I are ready to listen all right so um, I'm going to just start from the beginning on how my mom and my dad met. So both of them were born and raised in Poland. When my mom was growing up, uh, she was growing through this phase as a kid, just dealing with the fact that the way that she felt about boys was the same way as she felt about girls. So the way that she kind of combated that issue was just dressing up like a boy kind of dressing up tomboy she would cut her hair uh-huh. like she just kind of did it like that and since that was the case she didn't get a whole lot of attention from guys and you know in poland everyone is basically religious so she just tried to hide it as much as she could 
senior year of high school, she was going to prom and she asked her friend to help her find a date. And so her friend found this guy who was like four years older than her. I think he got out of trade school at that time. Mm -hmm. Like he was specialized in trams. Um, And I was just like, when she told me that, I was just like, that's kind of sketch. I mean, four years older than you, you literally just became an adult. Yeah, I just graduated high school. Yeah. It's like one of those like weird phases. Like we always talk about like, you know, dating someone older and it like makes more sense like when you're in your 20s and your 30s. But like, I feel like it's a little awkward have just become like an an adult adult. yeah i know that i'm 24 and i don't even feel like an adult yeah so like i I still like a baby kid yeah um after like they went to the prom he was like the first guy to actually give her attention this is your dad the guy that she got set up yes okay this is my dad and she's just like she's got the rose colored glasses on he would just say like the most like Romantic. romantic yeah like the the things that you should say to a woman like he just knew the right things to say and so she was like 19 when uh, she met him and then when she was 20 she got married to him um and my grandparents were like i don't like this but i'll support it um you know well i feel like back then too and especially with like different cultures like getting married young was not uncommon not as much of a yeah, I like, was gonna say red flag. It's not a red flag. But like taboo but today, you know? it's more taboo. Yeah, I right. mean, like in that situation too. I think my mom knew that she was like getting married, like pretty young. Uh huh. But also, like she only knew this guy for like a year. It, it seems uh, from what I remember. But yeah, like I, I think the my her grandparents, my I mean my her parents and my grandparents just were against it because she didn't know him very yeah, well. Yeah, it had only been a year at this point. Exactly. So I was just like, I mean, I'm 23 and I can't even think about myself getting married I at know, this moment. Yeah. So it's kind of mind-blowing. Mind blowing. And uh, during the time uh, in Poland, they were going through the communist era. So uh, what ended up happening is they ended up putting their names in a like a lottery to get a free visa to come to America and they won it. Wow. So they all moved, packed their bags and moved to America. And that's why I'm here. (laughs) Uh, So then she went to college here. Uh, It's one of the Chicago uh, schools. I don't don't remember them. Okay. um, For those of you that don't know, like Typically, people from Poland will move, like, closer to Chicago just because we have a very large Polish yes. community. Like, Chicago is probably, like, the Poland of America. Oh, my gosh. We're all Polish. I mean, oh my I'm not as Polish as you are, but. <laughs> you guys want to know a fun fact? So, uh, um, the population in Chicago, a Polish population in Chicago is actually bigger than the capital of Warsaw. Really? No way. Yeah interesting wow best place but yeah that's that's the that's the reason why they moved to chicago is because they knew that there was a huge population there so they felt you know comfortable living there and being able to see people there and stuff um so my mom went to college uh in chicago not knowing like a lick of english at all so she had to take a whole year just to learn english And then uh, while she was still in school, she was actually getting her master's in business. Uh, She had me at 24 and then my sister at 25. Wow. 
Yeah. So she was a full-time parent, full-time student, and also worked a full-time job. That's oh like my crazy. Goodness. Your mom was what like, a badass. Yeah. Uh, literally yelling yeah, right. <laughs> that's so much to juggle at once. And honestly, like mad respect to your mom because she, you know, she was able to do it, and sometimes she like she worked through it. I just have myself, and sometimes I end up eating popcorn for dinner. So <laughs> I can't even imagine. It's, it's like hard because it's like putting things into perspective. Like you say that your mom was twenty four and twenty five when she had you and your sister, and that's basically our age. I could not imagine myself doing that right no. now. I like one hundred percent could not. Wow. I know, like, another reason as to why she stayed in school for so long is because she still wanted to feel young. Because, you know, she got married really, like, quote-unquote young and had me and my sister pretty young, too. Yeah, it's kind of like having your young adult years taken away from you. Exactly. So, I, I mean, I'm studying for, you know exams and stuff like that and i'm already stressed out like yeah. imagine my mom just going through that and wow just... what a badass i know she is she really is so then i already said that part like how he was just uh very sweet yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, very kind but then the moment that they got married everything like switched it switched he started to be very argumentative and like mentally abusive and just would shout at my mom about just like anything that he was just like mad about and uh he would actually wake up angry a lot which um like my mom was starting to think that maybe he has bipolar disorder he never got like went to a doctor or anything Uh like that so it's not like we don't know I'm not saying that, like, all people that have bipolar disorder Mm -hmm. are bad people. It was just just to kind of explain, like, how he was. Because he was not... There was something up with him. Yeah. Yeah. There was something up with him. So, yeah, he would always just, like... Not only would he fight with my mom, but he would, like, argue with anyone and everyone. Like, even his boss at work, he got himself fired at work because he would argue with his boss. Oh my gosh. Like this <laughs> he didn't even get along with any of his family members. There was a time when his mom came to uh America just to visit us. Um and he just made her cry that first day. That's awful. You don't make your own mom cry. Yeah. And my mom was just like I can't deal with this anymore. After yeah. 13 mar- uh 13 years of being married to him, she was just like I I I can't do this anymore. Oh, how? 13 years. 13 years. Oh, my God. I, I'm like, I can't even. She was like 32. I think so. Time? Yeah. I mean, early 30s. So she she actually told me this uh, recently, but she told me that she tried to divorce, divorce him twice. Um, the first time they kind of just had a conversation and she was like, hey, like, we are constantly fighting. Like, we have issues. We need to fix them. Yeah. And he was just like, okay, yeah, like. I'll work on it. And he was good for like two weeks. And then he just went back to his old ways. And she was just like, okay, yeah, no, uh, no. So I remember uh, I was really young. I was just like maybe in uh, third grade. I remember um, just seeing her wedding ring sitting on like the toilet lid. And my dad was just staring at it. And he was like really mad. I didn't know anything. I was just a kid. Like, what's going on? Why are you, it was why on are you the mad about lid? that? Yeah, it was just like, or at least on the like the countertop in the uh-huh. in the bathroom. But it was kind of just to let him know, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. 
So, one day when my sister and I were just at school, uh, uh, my mom, uh, just for background information, my mom uh, used to have a cleaning business. So my dad was like the employee. He would just like clean all the warehouses mm-hmm. and offices mm-hmm. and stuff like sure. that. So we had a bunch of it in our basement, just in the basement closet. Mm-hmm. So um, what happened was like my dad decided to call her down to the basement to like help him with something and the moment she came down she turned around he put a fucking plastic bag over her head and tried to kill her oh my god oh my god holy shit he called her down to help him with something yeah and then he stuck a plastic bag like to try was he trying to suffocate her Mm -hmm. holy shit and uh, I think my mom saw that he probably had, like, a knife, too. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That just gave me the goosebumps. Oh. <laughs> I was really not prepared for this episode. No, me neither. <laughs> Holy oh my God. shit. Okay. So. so I what, told you it's dark. <laughs> so yeah, what, what happened after he tried to, like, basically suffocate her? So, um, luckily... My mom was able to, like, rip the bag out of her head, and she ran upstairs. And so she went to the landline, but then she noticed that the landline was cut. Disconnected. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. So he had been, like, legit planning this. He planned this. this. He fucking planned it. Oh, my like, God. And yeah. you were how old? I was, like, nine. Oh, my I God. I wasn't even there. I was like at little school. girls. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Two little girls at school, not knowing what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. No idea. Um, so uh, after that, she noticed that the landline was cut. So she ran out to the our backyard, jumped over our like fence that we have. She broke it in the process, but you know, who cares about the <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. shit? Oh my god! I mean, like horrible. Obviously, that this happened. Period. But thank God you guys weren't there so that right. she could just run. Because mm-hmm. oh my god yeah I right. can't even I can't even I can't, oh, I can't even imagine like wh- what I would be doing oh like I think god. I'd probably be like frozen in fear yeah not knowing a little, right you're a little on. girl right. I don't blame you yeah holy shit okay so she's running she's running and she goes to our neighbor's house mm-hmm. and as background information my neighbor actually used to be my nanny too so mm-hmm. whenever like um no one was home we just went to our neighbor's house and just like she would just kind of take care of us yeah so uh, she was she was more than happy to call 911 for her and uh, the crazy part is they came like the police came and he was just in the house just chilling like just like, like nothing like just nothing just happened. happened. Yeah, he like, didn't nothing. try and like run away or anything. You just hanging out. No, I genuinely think the guy's a dumbass, but that's just <laughs> me. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think so too. I I mean, I don't know because maybe he would. Maybe his idea was like trying to play it off that like she's lying or whatever. Like if the police were to Let come, me but get yeah, into go, it. get into yeah, it. Yeah, Let yeah, me get go, into go, it. Go. So the police came. They're just like, oh, we heard like about an attempted murder, and he's just like. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I don't know. What? <laughs> and so the police were just like, hey, can we just like at least come in and see what's what's going on? Yeah. And yeah. that's when they saw in the basement that there was signs of struggle, like that plastic bag and like that knife or I think. And uh, then they arrested him right then and there. And As him. they should. Yeah. 
I'd be angry if you like came here today and said, yeah, they didn't arrest him. They just, just let, let him off. Slide. Like what? Uh, they could have looked at like the disconnected phone lines too and everything. My mom didn't tell me this part like herself. I just started doing my own research because I was I was curious about what happened during the court. Um, so when the sentencing happened, there, it turns out there was actually three different trials um, because I guess there was two mistrials. I guess in the first, they could not reach a decision after the the day of deliberating. And then the second mistrial, which I didn't even know about because my mom didn't tell me. But it turns out she passed the fuck out in court. She did. My mom did, yeah. Oh. Because she was so, like, like stressed. stressed. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm like, I can't even imagine. Yeah, same. I, I found that out on the internet. She didn't even tell me. Did you, like, talk to her about it eventually? Yeah. And okay. then I was just like, why didn't you say that you passed out in court? And she was, she was just like, I don't know, like... I, I think it's also maybe really like young. shielding shielding you guys because it was already a traumatic experience and you guys already knew so much and like I feel like maybe any little bit of information she could keep from you guys helped her feel like yeah. she's keeping you guys safe right. and mm-hmm. you know at least naive to the situation. Oh yeah. oh yeah. And she did a very good job of it. Wow. Honestly, I don't know how she managed to like keep a smile on her face and raise us alone. Oh my god. Like, I I don't know. So one thing that I also found in the uh, documents, too, because, like, I did all the research. (laughs) And uh, I found that they were planning on sentencing him to either six to 30 years in prison uh, for the attempted first degree murder. And uh, the judge decided to give him six years. Because um, we, he has daughters that will need him one day. The court system is so fucked up. The judge, so the the judge gave him six years after he tried to kill your mother because you and your sister were quote unquote going to need him one day. That's correct. Oh, that sounds really that, safe yeah. to trust a, a man who literally just tried to kill his wife. Uh huh. With two little girls, right? Oh my god, that that blows my mind, and that is infuriating. Uh huh. I found that out. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? You, no, 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 no. Immediately, no. Immediately, no. No. Oh my gosh." So after the six years, what happened? Well, let me go into uh, how we found out. After the sentencing. Uh, So after the sentencing, or at least like during that time, obviously my sister and I were wondering where he went. Mm Because, you know, like, where did dad go? He's like nowhere to be seen now. So since we were so young and we didn't, like, we were, how do you tell a third grader that Daddy Your tried to kill Daddy mommy. tried to kill mommy. Right. How do you how do you say that to them? Oh my god. So what my mom decided to say instead was, "Oh, your father needs uh is or no, let me say it correctly. Your father is sick and needs help." And honestly, that's not that false. <laughs> like it's like she's still telling the truth. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Just he was, you know, keeping sick. out certain information that really shouldn't be 
sent to a third grader. Which was probably the best thing to say yeah. at that, that point. Yeah, what honestly, do you even, yeah. I wouldn't even know where to begin, but... Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to say. If, like, I was in a situation where my mom was in, I have no idea. I'd probably just start, like, crying. No. <laughs> I don't blame you. So, and then, eventually, when I was, like, in fifth grade... I don't know. I remember her coming into my bedroom like in like in the morning before I was about to go to school and having my sister come into my room and she was like, "Okay, I really need to tell you what happened. Actually, what happened to your father? And we were just like, and and how old are you at this point that she's telling you fifth grade? So like about 11. 11. Okay, so this is 11 years after your sister everything happened. Yes. So 10 and 11. Okay. yeah, 10 and 11. And uh, she was just like he tried to kill me and now he's in prison and as an 11 year old i didn't understand the concept of prison or jail and i just thought like that day that he was going to come at me and kill me i i thought that so i was like i think right then and there is when i developed some like ptsd on that absolutely that he's going to come after me and kill me like oh my god (laughs) I, i mean there was no other time like best time for her to say it mm-hmm. but like either way it's like, like a ripping off a band-aid right like there exactly. really was no like exactly. you said good time to for little girls to find out something that traumatic mm-hmm. um a little after that a couple like many years after that um we moved to a different house but we still kept that old house. So my mom uses that as like a rental. So she just like rents that, that, those mm-hmm. house, that house out. Sure. But she was just like, yeah, I, I need to get out of this house. Like totally. this house. When I get into uh, the other story that I have, um, there's even more shit that went down in that house. And she was like, okay. I'm done. Fresh start, new space. Yeah, yeah I, need Absolutely. A, I need to get out. And we left. We didn't move that far away. We only like moved like three miles away. But um, but it put us in like a different school system, and yeah. we are just no, not even in that same area anymore. S- my mom had the sneaking suspicion that he was after he got out of jail that he would like come to the old house, which wouldn't be like too weird or anything because all of his family members live in Poland, all of them, like. My grandparents are my mom on my mom's side that are here. Everyone else is in Poland. Sure. And he probably wouldn't have money to even go <laughs> go there anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the day he got out of jail, which he ended up staying for an additional two years because uh, I think he was take like he was out at like six years. But since he didn't have a place to stay, he decided to stay for another two years. Um, so uh, once he got out. Obviously, I was on edge. I was like a junior in high school looking behind my back like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, constantly. Even though he probably didn't know where we lived. I still felt unsafe. Yeah, I I was just like, he's going to come out. He's going to come come get me or something. Something's going to happen. So he actually ended up coming to the old house and realizing that we're not there. Mm -hmm. So what this this man does i had like a a best friend that lived in the same neighborhood he went to her house oh no and not he didn't knock on the door no 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 he looked through the windows (gasps) 
That's so okay. That that's fucking creepy. There was only one person in the house, and that was like my old best friend's mom. So Thank she was God shitting was her pants. The mom and not the child. Yeah. I mean, obviously she was like ways. a junior then because we we're the same age. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But yeah, like uh, my old best friend like called me and she's like, "Yeah, your your dad's at my house," and I was like, "I want to throw up right then and there." Oh my gosh. Looking through the windows. Looking through the windows. Like literally like convicted for attempted murder. Mm -hmm. Looking through your windows. Terrifying. Oh my god. And I'm sure your neighbors knew about the situation, correct? Maybe Yeah. He took they took him in. Oh. Sam's face right now, you guys. Wait a I'm sorry. <laughs> Sam's face. I am so, like, mind-fucked by that. You're... So, the one that was your best friend? No, no, like, the neighbor. that The neighbor that the also nanny. called 911. The, the nanny, nanny that called 911. The nanny. Took him in? Took him in. To her home. Yes. After she... Yes. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's 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 hear more of this because this does oh not make any God. sense. I'm to me. like stressed right now just hearing this. So before that, she she was like a part of our lives for a very long time. She's and the thing is, like, she's an old lady with like a like a, a with her husband too. Like they're yeah. an old couple. Oh God. That- yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, she kind of just fucked us over and turned like, her back on you guys. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. when you're like that old bitch actually took him in, I'm not surprised. I know it's like a like what the fuck, but we were after not surprised that she'd already yeah, done to you guys. That she it did, wasn't a shock. It was, no, mm-hmm. not at all. I was just like, wow. I mean, I guess like he needed a place to stay, but damn, like right. <laughs> good luck with that. Oh, God. Another thing, too, is, like, we were worried that he was going to try to, like, find our address. He actually ended up finding us. Uh, not, like, physically finding us, but he did find our address. Um, but he all he did was just kind of send a, a letter, like, a card or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. I don't know what it said. It probably said something in Polish, and I think my mom just, like, kind of threw it out or something like that. Yeah. But I just remember when we used to live at the old house, he would... Um, send us like uh, pictures he's drawn and they were just like all different characters and stuff like that which was really sweet while he was locked up yeah okay. like it, it's pretty common for yeah, like to get um, mail or whatever yeah, yeah just to get mail like that and just for having the prisoners do like some creative outlets yeah and stuff. of course of course so yeah he had some time to just like draw because what else do you do in prison yeah right? <laughs> and like that was really sweet and um my mom always said, if I wanted to go visit him, I can. She wasn't, like, against me going at all. She was just like, if you really want to go, you can. And I was just too scared. I, I, I didn't know what would happen to me if yeah, I went. and that makes sense. And so I just had no interest in going. So I don't I know. Don't like, blame I don't you, yeah. I know he's, like, my dad, but, you know, just all the stuff I've, like, heard before and just all that like he tried to kill your mom yeah i don't blame you for not I forgot wanting to, to go visit him too. i forgot to say something but um during the whole trial too the man was not remorseful 
he did not like like was he, he just like monotone he, like dead face he like, didn't think he did anything wrong and oh he was like God. admitting to all these things that he had done but still was not remorseful yes oh my wow God. oh that is like that gives me chills that's like eerie I know I got goosebumps again. <laughs> I literally keep getting like goosebumps as I'm finding out new information, which is, this is all new information to me because again, I did not know any of this. Yeah. Um, so very organic reactions that you guys are getting from myself and Sam. So yeah, that was like another reason as to why I was just like, I don't know if I want to go visit him. So I never did. Yeah, I, I never did that. And then a couple years later, I'm a sophomore in college and we just left our grandparents' house for Thanksgiving. And my sister gets a call. And it's uh, in a location in Denver, Colorado. And the only reason why that like location in particular is important is because, you know, how, as I mentioned before, my neighbor took him in. She's got family that lives in Denver, Colorado. So I think after her husband died they moved to Colorado and he went with them. Um, so my sister decides to like, uh, answer, answer it. And the guy on the line was just like in broken English. He couldn't speak English very well. He's just like, hi, my name is Tony. Um, I actually have a message for Nicole from Poland. And I'm, she was, my sister was trying to understand what he was saying properly. She's like, what, what? And so my mom was just like, give me the phone. So she took the phone. She automatically just like heard his voice. And she was like, she knew it was him. It was Uh my dad, my dad. And so she was just like, she literally started roasting the fuck out of him. (laughs) She was just like, how are you? Huh? What a queen. As she should. I know. She was like. So she she took the phone and she started roasting the fuck out of him, saying, like, how the fuck are you going to just, like, call one of your daughters, tell them that your name is Tony, like this random ass dude. Yeah. And not say that you were the father. Right. And just say that. Like, no. So she literally was just like, don't ever fucking call us again. I'm blocking this number. And then she ended it. Wow. She blocked the number and ever since then he's never contacted us. I think I think just that was just like enough. I I don't know. But well good. Yeah, right? <laughs> she was she was pissed. Oh, oh god. I mean, and it it makes total sense too, especially because she wants to shield you guys from that and protect you guys and obviously like he seems to be like a very sensitive subject, so and as he should be. Yeah. But, you know, like, after that whole phone call, I had at least a plan to maybe meet with him in the future. I was like, probably uh, maybe a Starbucks or something. You know, public, whatever. Yes, in public. So this is what's going through your mind before that phone call happened? Yes. Okay, okay. Um, And I wanted the people that were, like, just random people that I don't know, quote unquote, to be people that I do know mm-hmm. pretending like they don't know me. Like, so uh, like friends. Yes. Mm-hmm. There as well. And yeah. Just. Like pretending to just go on with her day while I go meet with him right then and there. So if anything were to happen to me, all y'all could stand up and just fight with me. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I mean, I, I would assume that <laughs> random ass strangers would do that, but I don't know. 
who knows yeah you just you never know exactly so um after that phone call though i just kind of lost all respect for him i was just like why you you call one of your daughters and you just say that you're just like this random dude named tony like you don't even say i'm your father like this is your father speaking like after everything that he's like put you through if he has this message for you can't Mm -hmm. even like so cowardly to not even just be like right your dad right right so i don't know what he's doing if he's still in denver i don't know but like i wish him the best and i you know that's all i can do like he is my dad but i do not want to have any contact with him at all because i just think that my life is better without him yeah wow that is so much. Sorry, to, Dad. To, no, <laughs> no that's not, not sorry no, at all. Not yeah. sorry, Dad. That's so much to go through at such a young age. And it's probably like uh, you've, you've probably had so much processing and like mm-hmm. different, you know, I don't even know how to explain like what I'm trying to say. But I feel like that happening at such a young age, you, you've probably had to do a lot of like healing and um processing all of this yeah honestly i think one of the best things that helped me like go through it or at least get over it not like totally get over it but definitely heal was to kind of like tell the story so much to the point where now it's just a story to me Mm -hmm. um i still have issues with like if someone were to just like sneak into the house or like i still have like issues with like this man that's walking past me right now on the sidewalk is going to probably just attack me right then and there. Yeah. Um, because like, I think that's just like some PTSD that I don't think I could try to heal it as much as I can, but sometimes it's just, it's like grief. It will always stay there Mm -hmm. with you. Absolutely. So I've just like, I'm at a point where like, I'm pretty, I feel safe where I live and where I work and everything like that. So I I feel great as of right now. Yeah. What was life like after your dad was out of the picture? Shit. Anyways. Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess I can just like lead into like the next Yeah, no, no, I get it. But I just wanted to make a joke there. (laughs) I know, I know I went through a lot, but this was another, my way of uh, coping with it is through comedy. I am... Sometimes it's the best way to cope. I I would say I joke about like my dad a lot. And if that's how you cope, that's how you cope. Like that's that it is what it is. I make a lot of like dark jokes and all my friends around would be like, Nicole (laughs) (laughs) You can't just say that right now. And you're like, but I can. (laughs) I'm allowed to (laughs) Exactly. So I don't know. That's just like my way of coping with it and I'm I don't know. That's just, this is how I do. So I know other people would be like, oh my gosh, like, how can you joke about that? And I'm just like, it's my life. I'd rather have, like, I'd rather be able to joke about it than not be able to say mm-hmm. it at feel, all. feel, you know, yeah. bogged down by all these, like, horrible things. Exactly. Um, so uh, probably, like, a couple of years after, my mom met this dude. Like, online dating was starting to become a thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so, and... um she started to really like get fond of him. She was super fond of him. Mm-hmm. And he would we were like around uh 
maybe in fifth grade or like 11 or 12 years old um, is when he came into our lives. So my, my mom let us in, like, introduce him to us and he would buy us toys. He would take us to like awesome places. Like we thought the sky was the shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, he's taking me to yeah. You're in fifth grade and he's buying you toys and taking you to fucking Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Duh. And even like he had family in Florida too. So we'd go to like Disneyland and oh, okay. that's, yeah, yeah. That's like, you know, that's it's like the perfect, perfect package. Yeah. Like it's great. You're for like, I love this guy. Yeah. Right. I, I fucking loved him. Yeah. He was great. He was awesome. Oh, so Due to her, like, last relationship, obviously that didn't work out for her favor. So she wanted what was best for us. So she would get our opinions about him. Um, we will call him jerk because we, everyone in my family calls him jerk. There we go. Jerk. Can't wait to find out why he's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um. So... Weird. He. She, I remember one day she was just like asking us, like, "What do you think of Jerk? Like, how is he?" And we were just like, "Oh my gosh, we love him!" And she was just like, "Should I marry him?" And we were like, "Yes, yes, Please. yes, yeah. yes, do it!" Like, I want to get. Let, let's do it. So in December they had their wedding at the beach in Florida, and it was super pretty, and it was like a good time. And I remember like a couple of hours before. The wedding was going to start. I was a little flower girl. I got like my little blue dress on. So did my sister. But I just remember having this like really bad gut feeling. Like so bad that I was like, we need to like end this like wedding like now. Like this is this. We can't do that. Did you say something or did you just feel that way? I felt that way. And I decided to not say it because I was like in sixth grade. Yeah. Like yeah. who's going to, who's going to like, who was going to take, take your word for it? Yeah. How you felt. Yeah. Yeah. Who's going to take me seriously? Cause like I'm a flower girl. I'm going to be like, and the wedding and the wedding. I'm yeah. like, so I decided to just keep it to myself. And I was just like, ah, maybe this is just like a fluke or something. Maybe yeah. I'm just like yeah. feeling weird. I think like around a couple months or a year when they were together, um, that's when things started to kind of go down. So he was like a huge couch potato. He'd just sit and lay on the couch, watch TV for hours until like probably 1 a.m. So I got used to like sleeping with the noise on and stuff like that. And he was also becoming such a big couch potato, lazy person that he had like neck surgery or something and he never went back to work and he got fired for it yeah so um he she basically did everything but he was still like trying to be a dad but we never really called him stepdad or anything like that we just called him by his name and i noticed that he started treating me differently and my sister differently like in the sense of, I was a goody two shoes. I didn't want to get in trouble. I didn't want to fight. So I was like, whenever he told me to do something, I did it. As for my sister, on the other hand, she would be a rebel. And she was like, no, I'm not, I'm not listening to you. You're not my dad. And so they would get into constant arguments and like fights and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's a little sister thing. My sister's the same way, and I'm the same <laughs> as you. <laughs> 
Was she like this, though, when Jerk, like, first came into your guys' lives? Or was she, like, totally, like, on board, like, loved him just as much as, like, you loved him? I think it started happening once, like, he started parenting us. And he was being... There were some moments where he was just being irrational. I... I, He grounded my sister, like, way more than he should have for stupid reasons and stuff like that. I remember, like, my sister was, like, she hated him so much that she... He would, like, the TV that we had, that was a TV he watched every single fucking day. So what she decided to do was take a cupcake and smear it on the TV. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, my God. Um, And since he was just, like, irrational at times, there was actually this one moment where I was in the kitchen playing on the, like, the kitchen laptop that we had, playing uh, Pop Tropica. (laughs) And, um... Uh, as like a background information, um, Jerk was playing this like one video game that my sister and I were not like allowed to like look on the screen because it was quote unquote scary. And since I'm not into scary films or anything like that, you're like I'm not fucking looking. No, I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't look at the screen. I never looked at the screen because uh-huh. I was like I don't want to deal with that. I don't. I still don't know what's uh, like um, game. He was playing, but he was he played the game in the living room where everyone could see. But he just told me and my sister not to look at the screen. Weird. Okay. Uh, yeah. Weirdo behavior. And, <laughs> right. Right. Um, so he was playing his game while I was just playing Pop Tropica, minding my own business. And my sister just wasn't feeling well. So she was like, I'm going to lay down on the couch in the living room. And... Uh, um jerk was just like no 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 you 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 can't watch me play my game like you go somewhere else and my mom was just like just let her lay down like you're playing your game in the living room you weirdo yeah like just let her be she doesn't feel good and he was just like no 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 and my sister's like i'm fine i don't care like i don't i don't care and he's just like no 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 he just he fucking had like a tantrum like a five a five year old don't play your video game <laughs> right <laughs> my stepdaughter doesn't feel well weirdo okay, right going. right <laughs> so uh, he got so fucking pissed that he packed his bags and went to a hotel for the night are you joking? You're over, poor over a mother video game? <laughs> having to deal with these horrible men, right? <laughs> oh my god! I'm just like, I was a kid, and I thought what he just did was childish. Oh yeah, 100%. ironic. Yeah, <laughs> like what? Even as a kid, I was just like, what? What, what is, is going, going on? on? Yeah, holy shit! Fucking weirdo. Yeah, he was so. Ugh, he was. Gross. He was. I mean, he wasn't even cute. But no offense, mom. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, like, he sucked. But like, no offense, mom. He kind of was ugly. <laughs> no, he he was ugly. <laughs> Queen. Like, why are you having a tantrum right now? You're being Over a big video baby. game yeah. weirdo. Yeah. Right. Disgusting. So, this is. It's still kind of tough for me to say, but one night. I guess he was just like watching TV and I, I was asleep, just in my pajamas, sleeping in a very vulnerable state. He comes into my room and molested me in my sleep. Oh, I'm like in shock. Yeah. So 
were you like aware of it happening when it was happening so um i think i just felt it in my dream and then i woke up and i saw him there oh my god and uh i freaked out i jumped out of bed and i just started sobbing i like i was like 11 or 12 years old i didn't have like the best sex education at that time because i was too young you just know that this is not supposed to be happening yeah Yeah. i literally turned to him and i was like am i gonna get pregnant that breaks my heart oh my god and you'd think right then and there he'd probably fucking stop thankfully he stopped to me but he continued on with my sister oh my god your sister was in the room with you no she was in her own room and during the nights he would go and do that to her but i think the only reason why he was able to like get away with her and let her do it more with her is because she would ignore it like she wouldn't like get up or like anything like that or there was a time she did get up to go to the bathroom and she was really close to telling like my mom but she was worried that something was going to happen to my mom if like she did end up saying it and so during that point when I asked him like if I'm going to get pregnant he was like no but please just don't tell your mom and I didn't I was absolutely terrified of him I I just thought if I were to tell my mom he would come after me he would kill me so I never did but my sister ended up saying something and you're sorry you're how old at this age I'm 12 or 11 years old oh my god so that would make your sister like nine or ten yes disgusting yeah and uh I guess uh, I never said anything. I was absolutely terrified in my own home living with a pedophile. I was scared for my life. And I just tried to move on from that whole, like, thing. Because I just didn't know what... I didn't even know the term molestation at the time. I didn't know anything. I didn't know there was a term for it. I, I knew nothing. You just knew there was something going on that was not supposed to be happening that made you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Absolutely. So I guess one day when my sister was out with my mom, she just casually told her, (laughs) she's like, you know, jerk, um, uh, he's, uh, he's been touching me in my sleep and she's like, excuse me. So what she did was she went straight to the bank, got like a, 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 a large amount of money called my like my grandparents to come to like uh, where we live which is like 45 minutes away immediately and she was gonna go talk to him so the moment that they came home my uh my sister and like my mom was just like you gotta go to your neighbor's house stay there and i was just like what the fuck is going on you and your sister or just you you me and my sister okay and their, your mom's bringing your grandparents over and, to, yeah, to, and talk to talk to him. Yeah, and to talk to him, yes. Okay. And um, so we just stayed. I was just, like, wondering what the fuck was going on. Why am I going to, like, yeah. my neighbor's house? And, um, and and at this point, do you know that your sister had told your mom? I think eventually she told me. And I was like, oh, fuck. So then 
I don't know the events of what happened when my mom was talking to him, but I know that uh, either my uncle and my grandma came and my uncle started questioning us saying like, did this actually happen to you? Did this actually happen to you? And I was just like, why the fuck? Are, why is he asking me like multiple times? Of course this happened to me. Why would, why you would ever I lie? Make that up? Right. But they just were just to make sure that this did happen to us that we, you know, but I didn't know it at the time. I was kind of frustrated with why they were asking so yeah. much. Well, why would a child make that up to You're begin right. with? Right. Why would anyone right. make that up to right. begin with? Oh, God. So then after that, um, my mom actually... Due to just her going through court and the fact that she passed out during court with my dad, she didn't want us to go through something like that. She obviously, like, I have never even went into detail about, like, what jerk did to me. Mm -hmm. But I don't even think I ever want to. And imagine, like, actually having to see that in full detail, like, in a jury or, like... To any official, my mom didn't want me to like, or at least want my sister and I to go through that. So what she decided to do was to give Jerk a choice. Either like uh, pack up all your bags and leave or I'm calling the police. So that's what he did. He ended up just packing and going. I don't know where he is. I don't know what he's doing with his life. I wish him. I wish that, like, all the worst of him. Yeah, I wish I mean, he burned in hell. Fuck that. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Did, so, so was your mom able to like legally divorce him? Mm-hmm. Oh, thank okay, God. God. Okay, okay. So she's no ties to him anymore. No ties. He's gone. Thankfully, she did not like. They got a prenup too, so she's got nothing to worry Queen about. Shit. Your mom is such a badass. Right. Like, <laughs> I know that this is horribly traumatic and like awful, but like I just have to say your mom is amazing for all this shit that she's had to deal with. And like seems like she really did whatever she could to protect you guys. Yeah. And I like admire her so much for that. After he was gone, my mental health was like fine. Like as a kid, like I didn't have to. You know, I I didn't have to deal with anything like that. But I know once I got to, like, high school, I wanted nothing. And I wanted nothing to do with sex. I didn't even want to do anything with, like, drinking or drugs or anything like that. I wanted, I was, like, that Christian girl. <laughs> did nothing wrong. But didn't, like, I'm not Christian at all. So it was kind of like, I was just, like, a goody two-shoes and didn't want to do anything like that. But I was terrified of sex. I was absolutely terrified because I just have such a bad view about it. Totally. You know? That totally makes sense. Like, I heard, like, people in school talking about it, and I wouldn't relate to them at all. Because I'm just like, wow, I guess you guys are enjoying yourselves. This seems fun, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'd find that fun for me. I think it's like... I think it's like really hard too because sex is seen as this thing. Sex, I feel like, has different meanings for everyone. Like, I know with religious people, like, a lot of people believe that, you know, sex should only be for creating children. But also, like, I feel like it's something that should be enjoyable and, like, having a tainted view with it from the beginning and, like, a bad relationship with it, like, is a struggle. 
and obviously like yeah. you can uh, kind of attest yeah. yeah exactly yeah and it, it was um i it didn't do anything until i turned 18 so literally after i graduated high school i was a virgin didn't do anything and uh that summer i went to a camp and that's when i just started to kind of get like romantically involved with this one guy who was like experienced uh, he knew that I was a virgin and he knew about my story. So probably towards like the, uh, like the week before, like the end of camp, they were going to, there was going to be like this party that all like the camp counselors would go to. And, uh, we kind of planned to have sex during that time. And, uh, I remember I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> like, this is it. Like, can I do that? So the day of the party, this was the first time I've actually like slept in a bed with a guy. And that first night that I did, I woke up in the middle of the night and I like I think I had like a PT, PT, PTSD like flashback happening. I started my body started shaking, like shaking uncontrollably. And um, I thought like this guy was going to do something to me like just how I was in a situation before, you know, with jerk. So I, I was just, I was just freaking the fuck out. So what he did was he just grabbed me and he just kept repeatedly saying like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And that helped me out like tremendously. We kind of barely did anything, but just like no no foreplay or anything like that i didn't even know that was a thing (laughs) didn't know that was a thing i feel like i feel like a lot of people don't like when you're so young i feel like (laughs) it's so weird talking about sex right now on the podcast but like i remember like talking with kaylee like she thought that sex (laughs) kaylee i'm sorry she thought that sex was literally just putting (laughs) putting putting it in and not doing anything further just leaving it in there (laughs) Mormons. It's what they call soaking, I think. Oh my god. I could go into detail. They're not detail, but I could go on a whole soapbox about Mormonism. <laughs> I've heard about that and I'm like, that is funny. Um, but yeah, so we planned on having sex on that like that after party at camp. And that day of I I drank a lot just to calm down. I was just like, I, I don't know if I can do this. So I was hoping and thinking that maybe just like doing that could like calm me down. So when it happened, we didn't last very long because I realized I was in a lot of fucking pain. Like I know people were saying like I, I heard from people in the past like, oh, yeah, it hurts a little. I'm like, that, this is not a little. Yeah. Like I think I have issues here. Like, I don't know. This is not a little. This is like really painful for me. So I kind of just like left it alone after that. I was like, I don't see the point in this. This doesn't seem like fun at all. And that's when my journey of discovering what was up with me and just, like, my relationships with sex happened. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was, like, a kid, I remember uh, one time I had my period for a whole month. 
And I decided to tell my mom, I was like, yeah, I'm, I had my period for a month. And she was like, we're going to the ER, <laughs> seeing what's wrong with me. Turns out I was just irregular periods, but still. Um, I just remember when I was at the ER, they were just like, okay, well, we might have to insert like a, a contraption in you. And, and I was like 14 or like 13 or 14 years old. And I was horrified i was like no i don't want to do that i started sobbing in the er room but they ended up doing it and i didn't know that this thing opens up inside too and i was like oh <laughs> it's like when you're going it's like when you're going to the gyno like yeah, yeah. It, it is yeah, kind the, of like that called speculum yeah yeah <laughs> and i i was like oh my god what <laughs> Um, so already right then and there, not a great start. And, uh, that's when I started going to the gynecologist too, because they just wanted to monitor me and my periods and everything like that. And that's when I was also put on like birth control as well. Or when I was put on birth control when I was 18, because my mom was like, we're waiting a little bit to get you on birth control. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I just want to have like a normal period. It's honestly, like, I love birth control. It's totally helped me out a lot (laughs) in that aspect. So then eventually I just started going to a gynecologist. And, uh, oh my god, where is it? But there was one day that she wasn't available. And I was supposed to do, like, an annual. So I went to a different gynecologist. And uh, while she was doing the uh, the annual, she had to, like, put her finger inside this is going to be, it's kind of detailed, just to let you know. Um, and I put a trigger warning there, too, for, like, anybody who doesn't want to hear this part. Um, she tried to put, like, she put her finger inside, or at least tried to. And she was like, you need to relax. And I'm like, I, I can't relax. I physically don't know how to relax right now. And she's like, you need to relax. And because, like, she has to do that to feel around yeah, my uterus. Yeah. And so she was like, okay, well... I I can't do it. And she made it seem like there was some, like, there was an inconvenience. She wasn't patient or anything. No, she was not patient at all. And it made me feel like there was something wrong with me. So she was just like, uh, like, we'll do, uh, an ultrasound for it. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I've done different ultrasounds. Like, the one that I knew, um, was the one where you have to fill up your bladder. So it becomes like a a little window to your uterus. Mm So that was what I was like used to. So uh, like, I guess the next couple of weeks I came in and I was already all my my bladder was full and yeah. I was ready to go. And um, the nurse was like, oh, actually, you don't need your bladder to be full. And I was like, OK, cool. So I emptied it. I'm going to go. And uh, then I went in to do the ultrasound, assuming that it was going to be like where you put the jelly on and they kind of press on your uterus a little. no. It was a vaginal ultrasound. So that meant they had to put that thing inside me. And I thought that was the biggest fuck you from the gynecologist because she couldn't even put her finger inside me. She's like, oh, let's just put this whole device. It's much bigger than a finger. Mm -hmm. So when they would try to, I, they had to do it twice because I started freaking out because it was so painful 
And they're just like, okay, well, we can't do this. And I started sobbing right then and there because I felt like there was something wrong with you. So something wrong with me. Patient with you or no comforting whatsoever. No one told me what was wrong with me. I was like, what the fuck? And you were so young at the time, so it's not like you could figure shit out yourself, you know? Like, you were still, you were going through it. Yeah. And I was, like, maybe uh, 18 years old at that time. I didn't, I didn't know. And no one was telling me if there was anything wrong with me. So I was just like, okay, well, fuck this gynecologist. Because she literally traumatized me from that whole experience. And I just felt like awful about myself and she did not help in the slightest i was i was so mad and i was just like what the fuck is wrong with me so i went to a different gynecologist and i i guess maybe in the past i I, the the gynecologist that i did see before i didn't tell her my past but i didn't think that was relevant at the time i didn't think it was relevant so i decided to tell this other gynecologist about it and uh that's when she was just like oh there's nothing like anatomically wrong with you but it's just all in your head and i'm just like i don't know if i like that answer like uh, yeah it is in my head like obviously i do have like trauma with it but like i need some way of like a maybe some exercise or something like actually dealing with it than just in my head like, I could go to a therapist, but it's not going to magically, like, help me. At least I don't I don't thing. think so. Huh? I went through the same thing. I never went to a pelvic floor. I didn't go to a therapist. You didn't? I, oh. No, I, it ended up, I healed it. It's just, like, Interesting. I was able to, I didn't have as, like, traumatic of an experience as you did. Um, so I was able to just, like, figure it out, but. Oh, so you also did have vaginismus, right? Yes, ah. I did. <laughs> oh, so look at. Fucking her. <laughs> It does. Yeah. It hurts. Oh, wow. Another vaginismus yeah. bitch. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> and so did my, my college roommate. She had it too, and she had to go to a therapist. She had these, like, dilators she had to use at home. Yeah. That's what it's I ended totally up doing. Than you would think. Oh, my God. So um, then I went to a doctor, like, close by the school that I went to because uh, my friend recommended it. And that's when the doctor told me that I had vaginismus. And I'm like... Huh. So to kind of like give explanation of what vaginismus is, vaginismus means that whenever anything is inserted inside you, you involuntarily tighten up and you don't know how to like not do that. You You don't know how to do that. So sometimes people like Sam who can just figure it out, it just kind of worked out for you. And for me, I actually did go to pelvic floor therapy for it. And luckily, that gynecologist was like, I actually, my sister does that. So I went to her sister. Oh my <laughs> so you knew you were going to be in good hands. Yeah. Because this gynecologist was actually patient with you and yes. listening and stuff. She was listening to me. She actually, I went in there just to do an annual and she saw that I was just like, sobbing i was already sobbing right then and there i told her my story or at least a bit of it and that's when she was just like oh this is what you have you have vaginismus come back when you feel like mentally ready to do an annual annual and i was like thank you so i did that therapy for six months 
Um, and that I also did the dilators with it as well. And um, uh, in the past, like that one gyneco- that fucking bitch gynecologist who didn't know what the fuck was wrong with me, she recommended dilators. So I bought some, mm-hmm. but I didn't know how to use what to it. What do with them, yeah. I didn't know how to use it. Oh, just go buy some dilators. Oh, yeah, this poor girl that can't even put anything up there. You're supposed to do it yourself. While I was, like, in the process of going through, like, the therapy, that's when I met my boyfriend, my now boyfriend. So I was able to kind of, like, you know, figure it out, have a test run with him. Yeah. And, um... He was really patient with me. There were moments like when we would try to and he noticed that I was in a whole lot of pain and that's why he wanted to not do that with me. But I told him, I was like, you know, you not, I know you, the reason why you don't want to have sex with me is because it hurts me, but it actually like mentally hurts me that you don't want to have sex with me because it makes me feel like as if I, you, you do not at all want to have sex with me. Yeah. So I explained that to him, and he was like, oh, okay, like, we should, but I just need to learn how to get used to it. And now I'm at a point where I'm a free woman. There you go, lady. <laughs> I'm a free woman. Fuck jerk for putting me through that bullshit. Oh, my and, God. Oh, my gosh. Like, that whole experience was a lot because I felt like I think – you and even other people that either know they have vaginismus or didn't even know that they had vaginismus, like, felt as if they were less of a woman. Oh, my God, yeah. I would hear all my friends. Sorry, I'm going to pull this mic. All my friends would be like, oh, my God, like, I love having sex. I love, like, oh, I'm going to go. I had, like, I had um, two roommates that were dating boyfriends like that went to a different school they're like oh, i'm gonna go like can't wait to have so much sex this weekend and i remember thinking like i literally avoid sex at all costs yeah like i it does not sound fun to me and like i would be like like when everyone would talk about sex i would just feel like an outlier because i i like didn't have i felt like i would have to like fib and like be like oh yeah i like this or i like that even though i literally hated yeah. the experience and it's just like once you actually get to a place where you do enjoy it it's so like freeing and rewarding it is i'm like it took me six months and i was abstinent for like most of my life yeah i mean i only had before that i only had quote-unquote sex with two people yeah once (laughs) with both of them wow because it was not fun for me it wasn't so yeah that's how i felt i was like i knew people i had a best friend who lost her virginity at 13 and she would tell me about it and i'm just like it must be nice but i'm not gonna do that no oh thanks. my gosh yeah and like they would say like oh i just hooked up with this guy like at uh, in college because good for you but like i can't do that so uh, i guess like what do you have to i need i mean for me like when i when i hear that someone's like gone through this like i know what i think but what do you like what would you have to say to someone that's like experienced you know trauma and like recovered from it especially sexual trauma it specifically is what i'm talking about and maybe dealt with vaginismus or dealt with like the psychological warfare of like trying to have a healthy relationship with sex is it kind of do you are you asking like for advice or like um a little bit of both like i guess like like what what would, what you, would you recommend and then what would you say to someone to like comfort them and Ooh. like like you said it can make you feel like less of a woman so what would you say to someone feeling that way 
one thing that I would like to say is you are not alone. There are so many women out there that you probably knew. I had no idea that Sam also had vaginismus. I had no idea. Because the thing is, no one talks about it. It is such a, not a taboo subject, but like women, even Sam and I, went through an experience where we were just too ashamed to say anything. We didn't know what was wrong with us, but we didn't want to say anything and be like, I, I can't do that, though. I don't know why, but I can't do that. And I would like to say for those people out there that are going through that, you are not alone. You probably know another girl out there with that same issue. And if you, and you don't, just don't know it. Yeah. And I felt alone like the whole time. I was like, why me? Why me? Why am I going through this? Because the thing is, my sister didn't go through that. She was fine. I mean, she has like our own traumas and like PTSDs sure, and stuff like that. But for me, I I had no one. I, I felt alone. But I just want you and just everyone else to know you are not alone. Talk to a gynecologist about it. Like, even even if anything, like, um, educate them. Because apparently it seems like not that many gynecologists know about vaginismus. So maybe asking them if you know about any like pelvic floor therapies or anything like that. And just see if it works out for you. Because I came into pelvic floor therapy thinking there was no way in hell I would be able to like enjoy sex. And I got out of there. Shout out to Liz. Love you. (laughs) Um enjoying my life and enjoying having sex and doing that all that fun stuff like now i see why i see the hype (laughs) (laughs) yeah and you will too yes i think i that's like the perfect advice that was beautifully said because i I wish someone else told me out there you know because it's it's common quote-unquote common but it's uncommon because people don't say anything so that's why this was another reason as to why i came on here because there's someone out there who's going through that and you're not alone and um you can reach out to sam and if you want to reach out to me, like at least go through Sam or yeah, Ashley. Yeah, you get in contact with her. Yeah. yeah, and if you need someone to just like kind of be there for you, like I, I, I'm, I can be there for you, or Sam could be there for you, or even Ashley could be there for you. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, aside from like the sexual side of things, um, like where are you today? How are you feeling? Where? What do you feel like? just how how are you doing yeah how's your life now so my life now is a lot better i (laughs) um so after a couple of years after like jerk was out of life like my mom was kind of convinced that she was just gonna die alone and i didn't want that for her my sister was just like yeah like no more like guys but at the same time like i mean her her like you know it wasn't that my my sister didn't want my mom to find a guy it's just like we've been through so much that and we're just like so i want a fucking father figure i never had one I'm like good without things. yeah i'm good without <laughs> so uh, 
then eventually, this is funny. So uh, I went to like an ice skating rink with my sister and like one of my friends. And that's uh, when my mom met this guy, just like this random ass guy at the ice, ice skating rink. And I was just busy doing like teenage stuff, you know, drama and stuff like that. And, you know, I was I was, I was in my own world when, you know, when you're a teenager, you're in your own world. Um, but eventually she actually ended up dating that guy. But we didn't know for a whole year. Like she even went on like a, a trip to France and shit. Oh, okay, mom. That's because like he was born and raised in France. So he went to like she went to go see his like family and shit. And we had no idea. Wow. And I get that. Like, you know, my mom was trying to protect us and Absolutely. make sure that this guy is a good person in our lives and everything like that. So after a year, she finally told us and we were like, ah. Oh, that's where she you fucking went when you went to France. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Good for your mom. Yeah. Um. And now they've been together for about either ten or eleven years. Oh my Thank gosh. You. She got that. her happy ending. She yeah. did. Good for her. She obviously doesn't want to get married because she's dealt with it twice. Yeah. And she's I like, no. If, if I went through those situations, I think I'd be content just having yeah. a life partner and not worrying about legalizing it (laughs) exactly and she's like you know like it seems like it's all good to be true until you get married to them and then that flips the switch so (laughs) i don't want to fucking deal with that again oh my goodness but yeah so um like i've mentioned before you know how that we moved Uh, we moved to his house and we lived with him oh okay um when i was we started living with him when i was like 15 and ever since that, like, he's still in my life. He doesn't father us. He prefers to not do that. And honestly, that's probably for the best. I'd rather him not to not do that. Sure. And it's not his place. You know, I just don't think, like, I mean, step-parents can be, like, you know, family. But just some should not be parenting kids. I just think that's inappropriate. Like, as long as... You, if like the kid is okay with it then okay but like if the kid's not like you are not the parent you're not and i mean it had already been you guys have been through so much there at that point it's like you have that system with your mom that's already working and he was just he's there he's just there happy to be there and be in your lives however you guys wanted exactly so what he decided to do as like a parent is to just fund our like college and like any trips that we went to like he just saved the money for us and put it back into for us mm-hmm. and you you love him and you have a good relationship yes with him. i do my sister was a little bit like cautious with him and they didn't have like the best relationship in the beginning and that's fair because you know she's like fuck you rightfully like, so yeah. you're a man <laughs> uh, you're a man that's dating my mom i do not like you but now she's definitely gotten to a point where everything is good and where now life is so much better. And life's better. Oh, life is better for you, too. You moved in with your boyfriend. I did. I moved in with my boyfriend. We have a cat named Katniss. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, obviously, we're super happy to hear that you're doing well, Nicole. Um, and obviously, we wish the absolute best for you. Um, but honestly, like so proud of you to like literally come on this podcast and share your story because i know that this was a lot to prepare for and a lot to do and i'm sure that you're not used to doing something like this public 
Um, oh. So I really commend you for that and like mad respect. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, thank you. I, I know we at the beginning, we like thanked you for being here. But first of all, you did such a good job like keeping it together. And I know that you said that, you know, the more you tell it, the more it just seems like a story. But like you're so strong for mm-hmm. being able to, you know, t- tell your story that I don't know if many people have gone through something that traumatic and I'm sure you know in different forms but that's a lot to go through yeah (laughs) um and you're I mean I I see your life you know obviously not as closely as Ashley but I see your life like on Instagram I hear about how well you're doing you know from Ashley and I just think it's like I'm just like super proud of the fact that you were able to work through everything and just be live live your life the way that you deserve to live it so yeah thanks for being here I'm here to tell the tale we really do appreciate you being here. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in for this episode. We hope that you guys enjoyed it and were able to take some stuff away from it. And again, we really hope that none of you are ever feeling alone. And um, one of the reasons that Sam and I started this podcast in the first place was to make sure that people didn't feel alone and we wanted people's stories to get out there. Um, so again, thank you so much. And we will see you guys for episode 23. I think. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.